At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line, as we welcome you in, it's Friday. So, what does that mean, Michael Lombardi? Sunday is in two days. Seven plus yeah. two is nine days until. The sixth year of coverage here on VEASAN. Super Bowl coming up, man. Can't wait. How are we? Well, we count days in, uh, in, in grandchildren world. You know, sleeps. <laughs> we got nine more sleeps to go, Patrick. We'll be good. <laughs> I said that, you know, somebody said this to me. They said, uh, you're wasting life. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, how many summers do you have left? And then that put it in perspective, if you really think about it that way, you know. But, yes, we are, yeah. nine, we are nine days out uh, from the Super By the way, I was coming in today. Couldn't find a parking spot here at the South Point. Our, our locations, of course, South Point, the original, and we got a great studio set up at the Circa north from here. Uh, archery has taken over the South Point. Now, I don't know. <laughs> you don't strike me as a hunter. Wasn't that a villain on Batman? Wasn't the archer a villain on Batman? Is he there, do you think? I, think I mean, he wasn't might. it? I think he might. You don't strike me as a hunter, but if you did, I don't know if you'd use a bow and arrow, but you should see some of these people walking around with the bows. Although there was an ambulance out in front of the South Point, so somebody <laughs> might, there might have been a misfire. Anywho. I, I, I have great respect for bow shooters. I have no doubt. You enjoy it all you like. I, I enjoy it all you like and I have uh, Vinny left us on the way out I have I don't know 20 pages of props set up oh, at the South Point gosh. also 2023 Super Bowl odds Michael so at any point we can you can throw me a team and Can't I can wait give for you, that I can give yeah. you a name how, how are we feeling on this Friday my man we feel good you know I think it's uh, exciting you know I think as as we turn back you know today's a day here I don't know why they don't have this as a national uh, local holiday here in the South Jersey Philadelphia area because this is the day the Eagles won the Super Bowl and so it's just a constantly <laughs> reminder of that as we walk even though it was what four years ago five years ago I think anyway but that's where we are and so I'm sure Thomas Gable's enjoying himself at the Borgata as they celebrate this the anniversary of their electric win well when I think of commemoration and statues. I think of Churchill. Uh, I think of Nick Foles. 
I, sorry, of course you Doug, Think of Doug Peterson. And speaking of which, Doug Peterson's got a gig, my man, Trans- down in Jacksonville. God, this is why you're the host of this show. You love I that. I mean, the way you segue in there. <laughs> I mean, even Stephen Bond couldn't have written that on the script. It's so perfectly. Thank you. Yes. Yes, Dougie's back. Dougie's back. Dougie's back. He interviewed 35 days ago for the Jacksonville job. My assumption is didn't blow him away. And then slowly but surely, <laughs> the candidate started to fall, and he rose to the top. Doug Peterson is the new head coach down in Jacksonville. I, uh, any thoughts? Well, I mean, look, you know, this is he's walking into a very, very dangerous job, even though there's a marquee quarterback who didn't play like the first pick overall in the draft. And, you know, there's some elements of the defense. My understanding is he'll hire Steve Wilkes as his defensive coordinator. Wilkes is currently, I think, the defensive coordinator at the University of Missouri. So I think that's who he's reached out to to hire him. They're both clients of Bob Lamont. And then he's got to fix the quarterback, and he's coming in with a general manager that I think at first, based on that he was the first interview that wasn't the first candidate, so they're going to have to find a way to have a working relationship. And, you know, Doug's going to have to come in and and be – kind of the, the guy who can install the offense and fix all the things he needs to do. He's not going to have his line coach from Philly. He's not going to have many of the coaches from Philly. So it'll be interesting to see what staff he puts together. But, look, there's only one way but up in Jacksonville. Only one way but up. Yeah. I mean, and they've been so – I mean, they've had 11 of the last 12 years. They've had double-digit losses. So there's only one way to go. And the most important thing you said there is we kind of parsed through some of the drama and the head coaching hire – Uh, debacles in the NFL. What you said is so key. They're both represented Wilkes and Peterson by the same agent. We have to keep on harping on this, that the connections and the network makes all the difference in the world. Sometimes the agents will say, you're going to hire this DC coach is like, okay, good. (laughs) You know, well, I think, you know, I think that that's really important. I think you've got it. And can you get the coach? See, I think what people don't understand too, there are rules that limit the movement of a coach. So if you have a contract, for example, as say you're the wide receiver coach of the Patriots and you have a contract and you, can you leave to go become a coordinator? Yes. That has to be a coordinator in writing and it has to be a coordinator's job, not a sham job. You can leave, but could you leave to go be the pass game coordinator? No, you have to be able to certify that it is an upgrade over the job you have and it's not going to be, and it's not a phony job. So I think there's no doubt that, uh, you know, there's, it's hard to get really good coaches. It's hard to find them. Five years in Philly, 42-31-1, made the postseason Peterson and the Eagles three of five years, won the Super Bowl, of course. Now the question, and everything starts with the quarterback, and you know, it's weird how much Trevor Lawrence is crushed. You'd have a better idea of this because you watched all the tape, but it was just an untenable situation down there in a multitude of levels. So he will be now championed with fixing, I guess, Lawrence in year two, that being Peterson. Right. And what offense will he run? I think that's going to be the fascinating question. In Philly, we started out with, with Wentz. They were, he was under center quite a bit. And then when Wentz left, he was still in shotgun, but then it morphed into more of an RPO, the wide zone. And, and that's what he won the Super Bowl running. And then after that, it became more of an RPO system. That's not quite what I think Trevor Lawrence is good at doing. So it's going to be interesting to see. It'll be some version of the West Coast. I think there's no doubt. There'll be some version of the West Coast, and and at that point he'll be able to see if he can get this kid's you know mechanics down because he throws the ball from so many different angles and positions that there's no consistency with any of his throws. 
you know, it's almost with Mahomes and Stafford may have not, he wasn't the original, but Stafford did this a lot with the different arm slots, but Mahomes has made it so in vogue that it's almost like Steph with the three pointer where yeah. it starts to change the game. a little. They show angles of Mahomes and this is, this is just, that's an aberration what he's doing. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, Mahomes, it, I said this to someone I was on the phone with before the show started. I think if you go back and watch that playoff game in the second half, Mahomes was bad. Partly because, as I've said yesterday on the show, that they called the game differently. They allowed them to really mug their receivers. And the Bengals were good at being able to play man-to-man, and they didn't care. I mean, they just jumped right into it. They doubled Kelsey. They doubled Hill and said, okay, take your chance to see what we could do. And Mahomes wasn't very accurate with the football. The three passes at the end of the game in overtime will go down, probably in Patrick Mahomes' career, is the three worst passes he's ever thrown in his, so far. Yeah. I don't think he had three worse at Texas Tech. The first one is 10 feet over the receiver to his left. The second one is three feet behind the receiver, should have been intercepted. And the third one was intercepted. So, you know, but a lot of, but, but a lot of Mahomes' problems start with his mechanics, his inability to consistently drill down and make those throws. And I think ultimately that's what cost him. And can he come back next year? Yeah, I think so. I think this too. You know, when we talk about these Super Bowl next year odds, Mike Kafka, the quarterback coach or the receiver coach, I don't know what his title was, but he was highly, highly respected in Kansas City and rumored to be the next coordinator when Biennemi got his head coaching job. Well, Biennemi hasn't gotten one yet, and now Kafka's taken the job with the Giants as the offensive coordinator. That's going to be a hard one for Andy. Andy Reid was really high on Kafka. And Biennemi was, let me just get this straight. He just, he's interviewing with, is it the Saints, Michael? Uh, he's going back yeah. to the Saints. He got the Saints interview. He, he interviewed, you know, he did Denver. I know he did Denver. I don't know if he did Chicago or not, which is interesting because Poles, the general manager, was with Biennemi there in Kansas City. I don't know if he did Chicago. Uh, I don't know if he did uh in Minnesota. I don't think he was involved with Minnesota. So, you know, and Houston... Uh, he interviewed with Houston last year, remember? Yes, he did. And so I don't know if he's interviewed with them again this year. Okay, so to your point, the 2023 Super, it's, it's so fascinating. You know, the Chiefs, over the past few years, the bullishness continues. So this is 2023 South Point odds, Glendale, Arizona for the Super Bowl. They're your betting favorites right now, co-betting favorites at 8-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Can you name the team they are co-betting favorites with next year. The Kansas City Chiefs and this team are co-betting favorites here at the South Point. Well, it won't be the Packers because of the uncertainty with Rodgers. You're right. So, so to me, you, you eliminate the Packers. Think young quarterback that you that's Buffalo. blowing up. That's, Buffalo. You just nailed it's it. Buffalo. You, you nailed it. Yeah, it's eight, Buffalo. Eight to one yeah. on Buffalo. Eight yeah. to one on Buffalo, and, and eight that, to one on Kansas City. And that City. probably will go down a little bit. Kansas City will have a – they've got a lot of things to work through this offseason or sign Orlando Brown, get another receiver, fix some of their problems, whether they bring back Melvin Ingram, what do they do with Frank Clark, all those things. But so the, to me, that number in Kansas City will only go down, not up. I think the same thing in Buffalo. Buffalo's number will go down. If you like eight to one, I would jump on it right now. It's a pretty good value. That's a good – that's a good point. And, you know, the only thing, I guess, with Kansas City, that's, so, that's such a good way to frame it, his three worst passes. Um, does that 
would think with the Super Bowl loss, maybe they come back hungry. Uh, the complacency. What I, I always will just say what Belichick, and you know this better than anybody, what they did for 20 years in New England, the most fascinating part is just, just the consistency. We're starting to see it now with Kansas City. Will they come back complacent? That is the question. They're starting to lose some of their coordinators, as you mentioned. Uh, lose the coordinator, you know, uh, what they're going to do with the offensive line. I think that certainly starts with Orlando Brown. You know, I think the running back, you know, we don't talk about this enough because Kansas City's done such a good job. Had the Chiefs drafted Jonathan Taylor instead of Clyde's Edwards Hilaire, it would be a completely different team. And I think the Hilaire injury and, and the fact that of the lack of power, I think they didn't think Taylor was going to be good enough in the passing game. I think that's something that they are. But I think more than anything, if you look at the Chiefs, they will be in the market to upgrade the receiver position because I think they feel like losing Sammy Watkins is one of the reasons why they're watching, not playing. And the Taylor note is a great one because you think Hilaire with his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, but what they're missing is a little toughness, and Taylor provides yeah. that. And that's, that's exactly what they're missing. And they're missing to take the burden of responsibility off Mahomes all the time. You know, like I'm not saying Mahomes is going to be can't handle it. I just think sometimes these guys, they need a little bit taken off of them. Okay, we got plenty to do. Good start here on the Lombardi line. We'll set up the market for the Super Bowl, not necessarily get into the game. Also more news and notes in the NFL. We've got plenty to get to in the association as well. We're just getting started. We've got our buddy Josh Applebaum and Wes Reynolds joining as well. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, big game's right around the corner. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that state-issued ID here in Nevada, and you're ready to bet within minutes. Specials every day of the week, 21 years or older. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay. So we touched on this yesterday. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We touched on this yesterday, but Stephen was pointing out uh, a new quote from your boy Jim Harbaugh to Mitch Album, a legend. Uh, shout to Maury. Uh, he said... This was a one-time thing, that being Harbaugh. He says he's done chasing NFL jobs. 
why, why, why is this for recruiting? Why does he keep on saying this? Because obviously he's going to be tantalized again if the right job comes up. So I guess he's just trying to solidify to Michigan that he's, uh, he's not going anywhere for now. You know, I think it's true, though. I think what he found out in that interview in Minnesota that the NFL that he left some five years ago, whatever it's been now, uh, is different than the one is different. And when he went into that Minnesota interview, I'm told reliably that he went in with kind of his list of what he needed to do the job with. And that wasn't something that they felt was going to work, nor he felt could work. So I, I think he was honest, open, and I think his reality is now, as the head coach of the University of Michigan, I have way more authority than I would if I was the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings or the Las Vegas Raiders or any other team. This job, albeit the recruiting is really an issue, uh, gives me the ability to control my destiny with, with all of it. And if I step into this arena called the NFL and chase that Super Bowl, which I came so close to winning, then I'm not going to be able to get there. And I think I'm better off just staying here. And I think that's true. I think most college coaches would tell you as much as they dislike coaching, as much as they dislike recruiting and the, and the portal and all those things that are the problem, coming into the NFL, you have no control over what you're doing. You don't run your program. You don't, you don't have the ability to run your program. I mean, think about this, Patrick. Brian Flores gets fired. The two finalists for the job in Miami are Kellen Moore and Mike McDaniel. Not like inspiring. Like, Not inspiring. Exactly. Exactly. And what does that tell you? It tells you they would like somebody that would fit into their collaborative process. Because remember, when Flores was fired, it was because there was some form of conflict within the building. Whatever that was true or not, I don't know. But that was what they put in the press release. So for me, you know, if you want to be a head coach, if you want to lead men, if you want to run your program, and if you want to put your stamp on something, then you, you better be able to stay in college football because you're not doing it in pros. And to further your point with the two that you just mentioned, it's hiring people that can be puppeteered and are, mm -hmm. are grateful to get a job. You know, I, I was thinking about this on the drive-in. You should write a book about Remember when you told us that you put together the three points or the three coaches that Oakland should should be looking into and it was like three names that went on to become like you had this whole presentation and you had this whole mm -hmm. formula about coming up with head coach. And the reason I bring that up, uh, this is not to get salacious, but we're talking about the futures uh, and some of these new coaches being hired like Kevin O'Connell, who nobody knows anything about because he's not running the offense there in Los Angeles. But how about Brian Harson at Auburn? We all said when he left Boise after seven seasons to go to Auburn, that is a huge step up and we don't know if he's qualified. Well, the program is absolutely falling apart. You know, a max exodus as far as coaches and players. Uh, there's some salacious allegations against, Har against Harson I won't bring up right now. And he just said, any attack on my character is bull s. None of that is who I am. I bring it up because that's a big-time job in the SEC, and he may not have been prepared. We have to, as betters, be looking at it from this perspective. I think experience matters, uh, Patrick, and I think Harson's the perfect case. We talked about it. I mean, sometimes if you're a good coach, the situation allows you to be the good coach. And walking into Auburn is not always the easiest situation. We've seen this happen to coaches before. You know, Al Davis used to say all the time, you know, kid, the jungle's not dangerous if you know the trails. You got to know the trails where you're going, right? 
you got to know the trails. And part of the problem, a lot of these head coaches fail in the national football. They don't know that the trails are dangerous. College football, the trails aren't as dangerous. But in Auburn, if you don't really know the trails, if you don't understand the fabric of that institution, if you don't understand how it all became about, the rivalry and all, the college, the high school recruiting that goes on, there's dangerous, dangerous trails down there, and it can affect you. Boise is a long way away from Auburn. Now, people think Alabama when they think because, you know, Auburn. Auburn, they, I know a couple graduates, they are beyond passionate, and it matters there. And so what Harson's going through, I don't think Harson. it doesn't appear he's going to make it through this. We shall see. I'm not advocating anybody losing their job, but to your point, it lends itself to what's happening with the hiring in the NFL where there's more of a Major League Baseball model of being puppeteered from these analytics up top. No doubt. No doubt. And, and that's, that's part of the issue. And you've got to be, be willing to – and Kevin O'Connell is going to embrace it because he doesn't know any different. You know, he's a young coach. You know, and let's face it, he was in Washington and then he went to Los Angeles. I mean, if he – I mean, we all know Sean McVay is a great play caller. But in terms of a game manager – there's a lot to be desired here, you know? Right. I mean, it isn't like he's not Bill Parcells on that sideline in terms of managing games, understanding, d- directing coaches, coaching coaches. I mean, you're getting one piece of that Kevin O'Connell puzzle, then that's what they want. You know, for me, I, I'd want a, I want a head coach. I want somebody to go to to help solve the problems, not somebody to sit there and say, well, let me talk to the assistants. He's never called a play. You know, is that it, it's so interesting the way Does you that put matter? That, is that important? It, it feels like it's important. I, even just reps and something as basic as I'm doing in radio or television. Just the more you get into something, you know, this, the more you do something, yeah. you become you gain wisdom and experience. It, never calling to play all of a sudden taking up. I think Jim Harbaugh went in there and was like, yo, I don't like the way this feels because he probably was told this is what you're going to do. He's like, I'm Jim Harbaugh, you know, yeah. like. So they went to Kevin O'Connor, who's 36, and he's never called a play. I mean, this is the same thing I think Doug Peterson initially, when they didn't really want to hire him in Jacksonville, is because he went in there with, hey, look, I want a Super Bowl. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do, tell me what to do. I want a Super Bowl. Okay, we'll see that. Now, you know, he didn't get any really, he didn't have any legitimate offers. Now they come back to him and said, well, you, are you more than, and they, they couldn't get somebody to take his. So now you've got a better chance. It's all. You know where you are, but you know you think that 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 Peterson wants somebody telling him that was the conflict in Philly. It was the conflict in Philly, so there it is. Shout to Brian Harson. I hope you, I hope it works out for him. I I don't want to see anybody lose their jobs. It's just it's a step up from Boise, and he's finding that out on a multitude of ways. I guess is the best way to put it. Okay, I I digress. Uh, next one up. Just to finish out the head coaching, and we'll get into some uh, other conversations. The Saints are left. Houston's left. Who am I forgetting? Miami is left. Are we? Miami's got interviews this weekend. Chris Greer was down in at the Senior Bowl, so he waited till he came back from the Senior Bowl scouting. He's got you know because he's in the rush. He's got Mike McDaniel and Kellen Moore. You would think he would. I mean, I think he should open it up. I mean. To me, where are those two going to go? They're not going anywhere. I would open it up and see if you can find somebody better. And then uh, New Orleans is going through it. I think they have Eric Bieniemy coming in this weekend. And uh, who else did we mention? Houston. Houston. Houston says they're down to three candidates, which is fascinating, right? So Houston has three candidates, one with no experience, Josh McCallum, one with just a little bit of experience, Jonathan Gannon, and then one with 
experience in buying fours. Which one do you think they'll take? Door number one, two, or three? Come on, Monty. Let's play the game. My assumption is... Let's make a deal. Here's where it gets convoluted, and I'm even afraid to react. But option number three has become... mm, It's become complicated. Let's put it that way. Complicated? Yeah. And by the way... the Giants vociferously denied uh, Flores' claim, saying it's disturbing and false. They laid out uh, why it was a legitimate interview. They said anything with Bill Belichick, uh, he was simply given his opinion. Um, so you're, you expect this with the Flores allegations and the lawsuit. Alway was vociferous. The Giants were vociferous. And I'm, How about Jimmy Haslam? Haslam said, going after, your boy, "Going after your boy." Completely fabricated. Hugh Jackson uh, never accepted blame for a loss. Was always looking to point the finger elsewhere. That's what Haslam said about Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson's just—he's bumbling and fumbling all over the place. Yeah. No, I mean, no offense to him, but um, but he said, Hugh said, "Trust me, it was a good number as far as what he was offered." But I. Again, I have it felt opportunistic to jump on. At least your boy Flores is showing some character and some forethought in, in putting himself out there. Hugh Jackson's just like, hey, that seems like a good train to get on. It's a little whack. Hmm. <laughs> That's my opinion. Yeah. You don't say anything. Yeah. You don't say anything. No. Okay. Let's leave it there. <laughs> we continue. We continue. You're, well, I meant to, I was going to say your 76ers. My gosh, I'll have to clean that up. Uh, the 76 I, I will in. make an announcement. When we come back, I will make an announcement. I'll, I'll talk to you about that. I hope it has to do with Mr. Simmons and where he's going to end up. Yeah. We'll find yeah, out exactly. next here at Lombardi Line. little association talk on a Friday. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Brent. Okay, Stephen Bond. VP Madness. VSEN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSEN's all access to everything we do from now through. So this is everything. This must mean college hoops guide, the big game betting guide. The big game betting guide is going to be ridiculous, by the way. So you get it all now for 29 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails. We'll do the work for you. 24-7 video access, uh, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, full access to VSEN.com. It's all there, vcin.com slash madness, so for under 30 bucks. And by the way, again, I mentioned this yesterday, but if you sign up for the daily newsletter, it kind of sets the day for you. You get the big game betting guide. I think I can say Super Bowl. You know, I just get so trepidatious about saying that, Michael, as we welcome you back, because uh, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But the Super Bowl is coming up, and we've got a guide. Yeah. I'll put it that way. <laughs> we need a guide. We all need a guide. We all need a guide. We need it for college basketball, too. We don't want to rely just on Ken Palm. I mean, you know, we're going to say Ken Palm now. Why are you hating hating on Ken Palm? I'm not hating on Ken Palm. I'm just saying it's like we go to him. We should go to our sport. We've got a betting guide. Let's go to that. Um, Yeah, we got a betting guide. Like, we we do as as good a work as Ken Palm. You know, he had seven-point UCLA. They covered losing. They covered by 10. I mean, we we can figure this out. (laughs) You and Bourbon are dangerous. Um, Now, you you have news for me. Now, I don't know. Now, February 10th is uh, the NBA uh, trade deadline, and we're going to get into the 76ers Mavs. Both teams coming off a terrible loss on Wednesday. But a horrible loss. As a guy that doesn't necessarily concern himself with Philadelphia and the 76ers, well, I, 
I mean, you, I, you would know be, I would be remiss. I would be remiss is saying, I, you know, look, I, I think this Maxi kid has been so kind of refreshing to me that, that, that I, I, when they drafted him, you know, there was some knock on him that he wasn't, you know, going to work hard, completely wrong. I mean, and talking to my friends in the NBA and how they admire what he's been doing, I, they kind of draw me back. I feel like I'm Maxie's better Michael than Simmons, Corleone. which is the fascinating. Maxie like, had 22. Drawn back in <laughs> Wait, again. hold on, hold yeah. on. This is breaking news. Are you I'm bailing on the back heat? In. Are you bailing? I'm on not the bailing heat? on the Heat. I love Spolstra. I, I love the Heat. I love Riley. I love that. But I, I, I can't really. I can't go all in. I got to stay here and and see it through. It, it, as painful as it's been, I think the separation was good for both parties. <laughs> you know, it worked. Wait, this is. But huge. now I'll come back. I don't have. I don't have expectations. I'm not. You know. I mean, it's worked out better that I've been away because because Embiid's played much better, and and I don't have to harp on that. So. But I'm I'm drawn to this Maxi kid. I was saying it the other day, and and I'm like, like to me, he's explosive. He's he's really Iverson, maybe. And people say, well, he's, he doesn't shoot it. Iverson never shot well. I mean, Iverson had volumes of shots. He never shot well. He wasn't like a pure shooter, you know. But this kid gets to the rim like no one I've ever seen. He's fast up and down the court, and I just have a hard time not rooting for him. I I would say that. So yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of back in. I don't know if it's Wait, this, all the way, I, this but I'm is, kind of I know in. people think I'm joking, but for our show, this is kind of – so you're pledging your allegiance to the 76ers. Is that formal? Well, I, I am. I, I think I am. I think I am pledging. But I think to me part of it is too is is that, you know, when you do this, you, you kind of – I've had a hard time getting away from them. How much – you know, I actually – the first time I got away from them, I forget what year it was, but when – uh, I was a kid watching the game on TV because they never used to be on TV. We used to have this thing here in Philadelphia called Prism, right? It was this little box that you got that you had to pay for. Well, Barbershop wasn't paying for no box. Trust me on that. There's yeah. no chance. There's no <laughs> chance on that. So anyway, so I, uh, I and that's how you would watch Sixer games. So sometimes they would be on Channel 17 in Philadelphia which is a local kind of station, and so which had Gilligan's Island and all those shows too, which I religiously watched. But anyway, that goes a different direction. But <laughs> so I was, you know, I was sitting there one day watching Eric Money play point guard, and he ran a base, and they called play number two for a baseline screen for Al Skinner to shoot a left-handed jumper, and I'm like, I'm watching this to see Al Skinner shoot, and I and I got away from him then, and then George McGinnis showed up. And I love George McGinnis. And I fell back in love again. This is kind of a repeat of that. Wait, hold on. Al Skinner, who went on to coach Boston College, actually had a good run at Boston College as a head coach. Yeah. Is that Al Skinner? Yeah, sure. Okay. That Al Skinner. So let me just set the scene here. You're back. Maxi in the loss on Wednesday at home to the Wiz, which was completely unfathomable. I don't know how that happened. Maxi had 22, 8, and 7 dimes. He was awesome in the game. So was Embiid. Now, let's set this up. You mentioned TV. This game's national tonight, ESPN, the 76ers at the Mavs. The Mavs coming off two horrible losses. They lost in overtime to the Thunder on Wednesday prior to that loss to Orlando. So, and Porzingis is going to miss his third straight tonight. I, I'm looking at the total here, Michael, and it's the lowest total on the board. We've got it set at 210.5. I'm still looking under. Both teams coming off of terrible losses. There's going to be high focus, obviously. And as far as pace, Dallas, both take their time. Dallas is 29th in pace. Philly's 27th in pace. And the under is 15-5 and five when Philly has been a dog this year. So they focus on defense. And don't, don't pretend like these teams don't know whether they're favorites or dogs. Um, 
but we can get into the matchup as far. But that's a low total at 210 and a half, the lowest on the board. I'm still looking at the total here. I'm looking under. Your thoughts on tonight's matchup on ESPN? You, you know, I think you could always go uh, for the under for Philly because there are so many times where their shooting is just off. Danny Green's shooting is off. And, you know, will they have Seth Curry? He missed the last game. Will they have Korshma, he missed the last game. I mean, they've had, you know, you've got to be really careful who's in the lineup, who's not. You know, but Embiid played the other night, and Harris has actually played better. So, I think when you look at this, I think Dallas defensively will play well, and I think Philly's going to have to match him. I think it'll be, I would lean towards Dallas taking the points, because Dallas playing at home will be pretty good. And Philly's rebounding is not very good. I think I don't know the numbers where they rank, but they give up way too many rebounds, partly because they're playing a 6'2 guard instead of a 6'10 guard. So there's a little bit of a deficit there. You know, it's been odd with Dallas. They're 29-23. and 23. I mentioned Porzingis, who's always kind of been a bugaboo since he got there. Um, but they really slow it down. As far as totals betting for new betters, it's the first thing you could take a look at as far as pace. When teams take their time, obviously yeah. it lends itself to an under. And these are two of the slowest as far as pacing in the league. Well, I mean, unless they get a fast break, I mean, Maxie's going to get the ball down and they're going to get Embiid in the post. I mean, in, in the four of the last six games on the road, the unders come through for Philadelphia. So, you know, that's how they want to play. I think they would like to speed up the game a little bit more. And as Maxie creates himself from more of a – of an off guard to a shooting guard. I mean, to me, when I use the comparison to Iverson, I'm not suggesting he's going to be a Hall of Fame player, but Larry Brown, I remember having lunch with him one day. He said, you know, that what we had to do with Iverson was to convince him that it wasn't one against five. You know, that, that if we put him off the ball and put Snow as the point and let him run around and do what he did, we became a better team. Now, the problem is you can't do that with Philly because Embiid's sitting in there and things are going to work through him, which slows the pace down. So Dallas is 32, 18, and 2 to the under this year, and Philly is 31 and 21 to the under. I'm just giving you the numbers, and I do want to ask you a question. Uh, since you are back on the 76ers bandwagon, maybe we can fix the rebounding. There's always a player that pull, pulls me back in, George McGinnis, and now it's Max. Well, Maxi popped in. I love, I love Maxi popped love, big time in the postseason last, last year. You remember I, in the postseason he turned year, it up. Yeah. And the thing about Maxi, the con complete opposite of Simmons as far as dude nobody's more dialed in and competitive than Maxi on the court the guy's into it you know and he's fast Super you know it's fast. like I tweeted today it's like I tweeted today I mean how about Shaq's commentary don't you love Shaq Shaq's I been mean, going off lately yeah I mean I love it you know I mean I love it so uh you know I think it's it, it's so true though but if you really if you're a great elite player and they take away what you love you you can't you can't really understand it. You know, it's like the, the, the guy, and I'm writing a chapter on players not a, that, that, that feel like they're missing from the hall. It's a, it's a void in your life you can't replace. And meanwhile, Simmons making $40 million a year, he has no problem not playing. Like, seriously, you have no problem not playing? So we're still on the Simmons kick here? Is that what's going on? We got to well, get, we, for you really to commit, for you really to commit, we got to get his ass out of there. That's the bottom line. Is he going to move by the 10th? I doubt it. So he's just going to sit? I doubt it. So I mean, let me get this straight. He's I think he, I'm, told by, I'm told reliably by people that I trust in the league that he wants, he wants Harden above, above and beyond. Now, there is a conversation about this Beal, that he could get Beal, and somebody put the rumor out if he throws, if he throws in Thibel or Maxi, he could get Beal with Simmons. 
You know, I mean, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that there were some teams in, that are in. I mean, I think Simmons has value. Now, whether he wants to have this value and turn it in, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I'm just – people don't realize what I'm trying to say right here. This is breaking news on the Lombardi line. That means the rest not of the breaking. NBA season, we've got you back, and the 76ers yeah, – well, Maury come back. must I have texted take, you. Maury texted I can't you. Take, I can't take Ken, uh, Ken Palm. We've got to do something in the NBA, you know. And, but I, and I've been watching. I like I casually watch. And, you know, Berman caught me watching the other night in some restaurant. I was watching. I looked at it. But I was watching Maxi. Like, I, I just like watching him play. I think his effort, his intensity is just really something to admire. Hey, I'm into it, man. I'm here for Thank it. Thank you. Uh, Dallas, by the way, a point and a half favorite. For those looking to back Dallas, they're 7-1 ATS, their last eight following a straight-up loss. They're losers of two straight. To the thunder and the magic. I don't know how that happens if you're Dallas. We continue. Wow, it's great to have the big guy back on Philly's side. Wes Reynolds next. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Bet MGM as we welcome you back here. I want to get my read here. Bet 60. Okay, so sign up using the bonus VSEN 1000. It's a big one. And your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000 over at BetMGM. When you register with BetMGM, you're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selections, features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odd specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. It's a great bonus. Okay, so for promotions for new customers, make sure you check it out. If you do have gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Mr. 76, uh, just be honest, though, before we get to our buddy Wes here. Did, did you, mm-hmm. are you and Maury, like, t- he, did he text you? We need you back, bro. What's going on? Because uh, I know you no, have I've relationships. Not heard, I've, I've not heard from Daryl. Uh, you know, I haven't heard from him, which is fine. I don't expect to, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. Just like I was, was that little kid who saw that baseline jumper from Al Skinner and said, that's enough. I had enough, and now I had the separation, and I feel better about it. I'm not, you know, I'm not in tuned. I mean, I'm not certainly staying up past 10 o'clock tonight to watch it, even though one of my my buddies is on the Dallas coaching staff. I admire tremendously. But, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to see what happens at the trade deadline, you know, and see what they do. But I do like watching them play. I, I can't lie. 
West I like the fact. <laughs> I like, like it Maxie. too. Be, I like it too because it disproves this notion, and I I don't want to take Wes Reynolds' time because he's so good, but it disproves this notion that if you don't have a lottery pick, you can't get a good player. You got to have a lottery pick. We got to tank. We got to tank. We have to lose. The Wes Reynolds joins us now. Vison host does a great job. I think Wes will remember this fondly. When Michael brought up Al Skinner, it immediately made me think of the combination of him and Jared Dudley. Remember that? Maybe <laughs> 07. They made a run. That was the last time Boston College was anything legit. That's Skinner and Dudley. Remember that era, Wes? Patrick, you read my mind because I heard Michael's reference to Al Skinner, who I thought got a raw deal at BC, by the way. I thought that he did a really good job with that program. And they've kind of been struggling to find their footing. You're right, ever since. But, you know, having uh, uh, Jared Dudley and Troy Bell and, and all of those guys, uh, they had it rocking up there in Chestnut Hill when Al Skinner was there. Good, good call on Bell as well. They made a run. Dudley a was memory. Dudley. Dudley Wes, was a great you college basketball me, player. You amaze me. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Wes I mean, is. Yeah. Go ahead, Michael. No, I mean it's just amazing. He's got that memory to go back to remember some of the players on the Boston College team. You know, I mean that's that's impressive. All right, here we go. Now, we'll get to college hoops. Speaking of which, do you just want to give us a thought on two really good teams in Arizona last night and a nice revenge spot for Arizona? They pick up a win. That first-year head coach is doing a hell of a job with the Wildcats. No, he is, Patrick. Tommy Lloyd, who comes from the Gonzaga staff. And because he was on that Gonzaga staff, he has a lot of international recruiting ties. So you're going to see Arizona kind of look like a, a model UN team, if you will. They're going to get guys not only from the high schools and the AAU guys, schools here stateside, but they're going to get international players. And you, you saw last night uh, uh, Ballo down low, really good defensively. Not so much at the foul line, but made some really key blocks against UCLA. And I thought it was a good situation for Arizona. Now they're going to get a USC team that's 19-3, and but dare I say a struggling 19-3. and If you've watched USC play over the last few games, they were life and death to beat a very bad Arizona State team, granted on the road last night. But I want to see how much points I could get because maybe you're going to get an unexpectedly good effort out of USC based on how they played recently. And then Arizona coming off paying back the Bruins last night in a big way at a rowdy McHale Center. I might be looking for USC tomorrow. The if you don't mind, I want to ask you about a specific college game. Let's go to the Big East and two teams trying to impress the selection committee, both sitting at 13 and 7. That's Creighton and Seton Hall. Creighton, I can't figure out, okay, because Creighton goes, they lose a couple straight, then they go up to UConn and beat a ranked UConn team on Wednesday, or excuse me, Tuesday night. Seton Hall with a great start to the year. They're 4 and 7 since Christmas. I can't figure these two teams out. They take on each other tonight at Seton Hall. Creighton, Seton Hall opens 7. It's down to 6. And a total that's dropped a little bit here down to 135 and a half, Wes. Yeah, Creighton got an unexpected win the other night. They were about 11-point underdogs. They went and won at UConn, who had been playing really well. Uh, check uh, Cal Brenner's status, or Cal Brenner's status because they're a little bit worse offensively with him not on the floor. Bryce Aiken, the Hartford tran or Harbor transfer, is he going to go for Seton Hall? He's been out for the last few games. Yeah, Seton Hall's been a big disappointment of late, Patrick. Uh, watching them in November and December, they look like a pretty good ball club, but they've fallen on hard times lately. So uh, 
I, I six looks at least initially high did not bet this game as of yet but these are two teams kind of now in the middle of the conference. I think we have an established pecking order in the Big East with Villanova. I know Villanova is the second team right now in the standings. I still think they're the best. I do think Providence, they've been getting very, very lucky lately, mm-hmm. and they've been winning a lot of these close games. And I want to credit Ed Cooley and his bunch. I think they're a good club, but this is a team you might be able to fade in the next couple spots because it's going to be kind of a regression to the mean thing for the Friars. You know, I the, you know I always go through this in the morning, and I look at some games, and and uh, I, I love St. Bonaventure, the Bonnies. I love their uniforms. I love everything about them. The home of Woj. They they travel to Richmond, and and I know this. The Lions opened up at what three and a half, and it's kind of moved. But everybody everybody's betting Richmond. It seems like in this thing, and it's it has the most tickets, one of the most tickets on the board, and the line moved to four, but it hasn't moved any since. Do you have a sense of this game at all, Wes? Yeah, and uh, Michael, you make a really good point on the Bonnies, but the Bonnies had a good spot the other night on Tuesday night against Davidson to get a win, and I think really a much-needed win. They've had a couple COVID pauses. Remember, St. Bonaventure didn't play from December 17th to January 11th, and I think that really kind of halted their momentum a little bit. They're 4-3 and three in the A-10 right now. They were favored over Davidson, did not get the job done. Of course, everybody is kind of going toward the Richmond Spiders right now, who are 14-8, and eight, kind of trying to work their way up in the A-10 standings. I'll be interested to see how many bids that conference gets. With some of the power conferences being down, maybe you'll see three out of the A-10. You could possibly see four out of the Mountain West. But, yeah, I would lean to the, bon- to the Bonnies here and maybe give them one more shot. They've been disappointing, though, over the last month for sure. Okay, this is yeah, very, no doubt. this is random, Michael. I want to go to the horizon yeah. quickly. You should do when you do your book on coaches, Greg Campy, yeah. who yeah. he may be the second longest ten, maybe behind Bayheim West. You can correct me. Campy at Oakland with the Golden Grizzlies in the Horizon. It's the best team in the Horizon. They're good every year. They're they, good every he, year. He, he's then, been there honestly for like Oakland thirty. That's Oakland from Michigan. That's, that's right. Oakland from Rochester, Michigan. Michigan. So clarify that. Yep. Yeah. Rochester, Michigan. Oakland Golden Grizzlies Horizon. Campy's been there. I swear to you, maybe thirty-five years. And he, he's had pros come through that program. You just nailed it. It's a small program there in Oakland Township, Michigan. Um, they're at Northern Kentucky tonight. Wes, I don't expect you to know a ton about this matchup because I'm throwing it's random. But I thought the number was short on the road. Oakland, three, went up to three and a half at Northern Kentucky in the horizon. Well, and because it's so short, Patrick, that kind of makes me want to lean on the Norse here in Northern Kentucky. Uh, Darren Horn, now the coach of Northern Kentucky. And this team was playing very poorly coming into mid-January, but they've now won five in a row in the Horizon League. They beat Cleveland State, who's another contender in that league. And Oakland, you mentioned right now, they are number one in the league. Northern Kentucky trying to get in that top three, top four in the Horizon. And this number did look short, so maybe you could wait on it. But I do lean Northern Kentucky here, even though I have the ultimate respect for Greg Campy. I think he's always run good stuff up there. He gets the most out of his personnel. They're running a little bit more than they have in years past. They kind of played a slower tempo the last year or two, but when in doubt, Oakland does like to run. They're not very good shooting from the three, though. They only shoot about 29%, but they don't give up much from outside the arc either. 33 years, Michael, at one program. 33 seasons God bless at Oakland. Them. That's a hell of a run, isn't it? 
Yep, no doubt. I mean, and you know, I mean, he beat Illinois Chicago the other night too, Patrick. I mean, like the, the, the Horizon League is where Illinois Chicago is, which is, you know, they've had some good teams at Hell times, yeah. and you know, and and so uh, I just think to me, when you stay at one place that long and don't get tempted, especially in college basketball, that's a pretty impressive thing. It really is. Uh, quickly, in just a little about a minute, uh, Stephen Bond wanted me to ask you about Duke North Carolina tomorrow. Just early thoughts on that matchup, Wes. Yeah, early thoughts, I do kind of lean North Carolina. This is going to be interesting because this is obviously Coach K's last trip to Chapel Hill and his uh, victory tour, if you will, this year. But this is also Hubert Davis's only chance to beat Coach K in Chapel Hill as the head coach of North Carolina. Of course, was a former player there, was the longtime assistant to Roy Williams. So Duke has been on a little bit of a roll lately, but I think North Carolina actually is one of the few teams that has the size to match up with Williams and John and Teals and those guys down low. So initial lean to the Tar Heels. Okay, we'll have more on that game tomorrow. Now that is a great segment. That's a great segment. Thanks, Wes. St. Bonaventure, Oakland University, Al Skinner, Duke, North Carolina. Covered it all. Covered it all. Wes, thank you, buddy. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Okay, there he is. Wes Reynolds does a great job. Also with the golf as well. We continue. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.